I'm Jenny Rerick. I'm Jay Weedle. And you're listening to the Fit to Speak podcast. A show dedicated to giving coaches and trainers practical tips on how to communicate what they know in a way other people understand. Hey, everybody. We are back for episode three in this mini-series on effective communication within the one-on-one personal training session. So in episode one, we talked about understanding the readiness of the client and and how to go about gleaning that information. In episode two, we talked about framing and the importance of framing and how we can build buy-in by using the three I's, which is showing interest, being invested, and showing how you can be influential with your clients. We're going to dive into episode three here, which is around rapport building. So this can maybe be a slightly longer episode, but I want to make sure that you get some key takeaways and some actionable steps. So without further ado, let's jump in. In my opinion, coaches tend to jump here almost too quickly. Although there's huge value in showing that you care, I think it's important to remember that the dose makes the poison. And what I mean by that is, If you spend all your initial time together with a client building rapport, it can very easily slow down the training process. It can very easily delay initial results. And really critically, it can diminish that initial motivation. So when a client signs up to train with us, they are motivated to do so. They are probably at their highest level of motivation because they've gone from inaction to action. Something is triggered in their mind and they are ready to go. They've set a goal, they're ready to go. So if we slow down the training process at that point by potentially maybe spending more time on getting to know them than we do on actually training them or a disproportionate amount of time on getting to know them than we do on actually training them, then we can really easily kick the legs out from underneath that motivation. Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that it's not important to get to know a person. What I'm saying is that we need to find the balance. And when we first start with a client, it likely makes sense to be more transactional with a client, focus on the doing, get initial results, give them big wins early, big emotional wins early, because that goes a really long way to building buy-in as well. Ideally, we'll have a grasp on what kind of personality our trainee or client is in front of us, whether it's through the initial intake questionnaires or whether it's our past sessions or our previous sessions with them. And so we can obviously start there by building rapport, uh, when building rapport. And it's important to know that we understand that we need to tailor our communication to the person in front of us. We need to, as I've mentioned before, know our audience. So the type A guy with C, you know, the CEO with the three kids and the long commute likely isn't looking to get the same thing from a training session or a coaching relationship as our 85-year-old retiree with only a handful of obligations spread out over the week. And as I've mentioned before, if we treat them the same, we'll do both of them a disservice. It makes sense for us to tailor our content, our tone, the frequency of our conversation to the individual. The key point and, and why this is important is I like to think of rapport as the paint that we layer on top of the initial foundation of, of, of building a wall or building a, building a house. And that initial foundation is, is our expertise. It's the results. It's the professionalism. The rapport is what seals that work that we do together. You can think of it as like adding the siding, the Tyvek siding, the waterproofing, the plastic siding, the building, the, the repointing of brickwork, things that seal in our relationship. But it's maybe not the thing that initially builds the relationship. 
it's what makes it airtight of the layers that we have originally laid down, which as I mentioned there is expertise and results and, and our professionalism. So in the last episode, I mentioned showing interest and being invested and showing how you can be influential in the client's efforts. You can do all of these things and they'll make you stronger when it comes to building rapport. It will make you more trustworthy and, uh, and more appreciated when it comes to, to building rapport. How do we do it? Everyone's got their own version, I guess, of, of how we can go about building rapport. The way I like to think of it, as I mentioned in the start here, it's it, it's less about when or how we do it, sorry, but it, and it's more about when. It's more about the dose makes the poison. I advise using rest periods for during the warm-up or, or during the equipment setup or between maybe like our tertiary exercises to, to ask more personal questions or general questions. How's things going? What's coming up for the weekend? How are the kids doing? And this allows us to start the session strong by asking our, our readiness question, like we talked about in week one. We can build on that by framing what's coming up. We talked about that in week two. And then we can get the work started before we start maybe having just general conversations and, and showing a little bit more interest. Because what this allows us to do is keep the training front and center. If I've set the tone of training is the main reason we're here, not the only reason, but the main reason we're here, I can always revert back to it. So let's say a conversation gets off track. I can always say, hey, remember we talked about X, Y, and Z. Well, we're at that point in the training session now. So I want to just pause this for a second so we can focus on you know, on the squats, on the bench press, on whatever it is where I want you to put the high effort. If I don't set that tone, then the rapport building can very easily just spill over and become the whole hour. I think it's important to remember at this point that clients remember how you made them feel, sure, but when they're at home and they haven't seen you for six days of the seven and they look in the mirror or they do the exercise or they do, you know, they go and hang out with their kids and they don't see the results because maybe we're spending too much time talking and too much time building rapport, that's going to be the thing that's going to help them decide whether they re-up, whether they buy more sessions. Results are the main thing that got that person to train with us in the first place. Sure, they want a good community, and they want to know that the person they're working with is not an arsehole, but when they initially thought about hiring a personal trainer, they had a specific health and fitness goal in their mind. That's why they reached out. Now, the way that you deliver it, it's in a kind way. You're a nice person. You gel with them. You, you have a nice personality. That's great. But as I mentioned, that is the, that's the lacquer. That's the paint. That's the siding. That's the stuff that we pour over the top of our foundations of actually doing the thing that we were hired to do, which is get results. The next time you're with a client, obviously make sure, and this is the skills to practice for you, make sure that you are asking your readiness questions at the start. Make sure that you are framing before you begin. And then during the first round of the warm-up or the rest period, then you can ask your client specific questions that show that interest. Maybe you ask how the wedding was. When do you travel next for work? How are the kids doing? So on and so on. But if you start the session with general chit chat, that's what sets the tone for the rest of the session. And before you know it, you're playing catch up and you're trying to squeeze the training in rather than having the training being the, the main course and the thing that's leading the show. I mentioned that there is a case here to be made that 
or people often think, I guess, let me re reverse that. People often think that the rapport is the most important thing. And I want to highlight that I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying that the dose makes the poison and we maybe start more transactional or we're more results focused, we're more training focused, we're more professional focused. Maybe I'm going to say generally 75% of our time and then 25% of our time is dedicated to understanding more about this client, building that buy-in. As time goes by, as I build that buy-in, then maybe I shift to become more transformational, to understand more about the, the client relationship and, and how they spend their weekends and understanding more about what their kids like to study in school. But there is a mismatch in expectations if I start out in the opposite. If they hire me to help them get a health and fitness result, but I ask them all lots of questions about their kids, a disproportionate amount of time, I'm doing them a disservice. It makes sense for me as a personal trainer to deliver the thing that I was initially hired to do. The other point I guess to mention in summary here is I want to make sure that people understand that I'm not saying that the warm-up isn't important or that it doesn't require intention. Of course, the, the warm-up and the prep is just as important as the main lifts within a session. But whilst that might be true, I also want to make sure that we don't major in the minors. Picking a cadence for important components of the session and placing them where they're least disruptive is just as important as placing them in their areas of highest impact. So what I mean by that is if I'm going to talk to a person when I build buy-in, I'm probably not going to do it in between their sets of heavy squats because it's more important that they focus on recovery and technique during those sets of heavy squats than it is when they recover on in between their sets of, you know, joint prep or, you know, their initial stretches or foam rolling or whatever we might be doing. When the intensity is lower and the level of intention is lower, then that's maybe the best time. It's not perfect, but it's the best time for me to sneak in the rapport building. And this is all difficult. It's all trial and error. It's all practicing and seeing what works well for you. My advice is that if you're going to build slide rapport building into the training session, then you're going to do it at a point where it's least disruptive, okay, where it's so that you can keep the other things of high impact in areas where they are uninterrupted. So the training is the brick and mortar, it's the foundation, it's, and the rapport building is the, it's the spackle, it's the paint, it's the lacquer, the wallpaper, the siding, and it's the treatment that we use to, to fortify what is happening within the training session and the results that we're getting in our personal training relationship with the client. That was episode three, rapport building. I hope you found this interesting. Make sure you go back and listen to the first two episodes on framing, which was week two, and on intro and, and understanding the readiness of the client, which is what we talked about in week one. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week for episode four, where we'll talk a little bit more about feedback. Thanks for listening to the show. As this is a podcast about communication, we value and welcome your input, any feedback you have, and questions about how we could make the show even better for you. We'd love it if you click the link in the show notes to do so.